You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. This feature is brought to you by Altron Technology Partners in your digital transformation journey. For more, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. Hello, Aki Anastasio, who is um, got so much energy from whatever he did over the weekend that he is busy crawling all over my studio here. No, no. <laughs> I was just putting the headphones a little bit quiet. Good morning, Eusebius. How are you? I'm good, darling. How are you? Very, very good. Thank you. Plenty in store. Now, the first thing we're going to do is to review Huawei P30 Pro, or as I prefer referring to it, the latest uh, Huawei camera. Yes. Well, that's a, you, you're spot on, Eusebius. This is uh, their latest flagship device. It's the Huawei P30 Pro. It's You know, there's no doubt that it's an extraordinary phone. I mean, this takes the most incredible photographs. And, you know, they've partnered with uh, the uh, manufacturer Leica, who makes cameras. They've been doing it for, 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 for over 100 years. And I'll tell you that this camera just takes the most extraordinary photographs. Mm. And this is an extraordinary thing, that today's new phones are all about the camera. They talk about nothing else. And I wonder how many people actually use the full capabilities of this camera, because it really can take amazing photographs. Well, I feel guilty since the last time you reviewed a phone, because I thought, okay, I've got to be really, really careful here. The last phone we reviewed had the capacity to do teeth whitening and all sorts of things. Yes, and, well. Uh, but you know what's interesting, though? When I saw that we were going to be talking about this, I, there was a meme on my timeline the other day that compared the iPhone to Huawei as a brand. Yes. Favorably comparing this to, to iPhone. And I thought to myself, that is interesting. The, the photographic technology is such a unique selling point that suddenly this thing has got a brand recognition and a word cloud association that's done quite well. No, no, there's no doubt about that. And and, and it's just the, the focus on the camera. And I, I don't think everybody utilizes the camera. Sure. I mean, the rest of the phone, uh, it, you know, it's pretty much it, what it can do with all the other phones. But the, the distinguishing factor, and you're quite right. I mean, the camera has become such a focal point. And I guess uh, perhaps we're a different generation yeah. of people that, uh, you know, the younger generation does focus on the camera. And they do want that camera that can take the extraordinary stuff and be able to edit stuff and do that, that kind of thing and have the power and the capacity to do that. That. Okay, so tell but, me the but, technical capability. Well, it's got, it's, you see, when we first yeah. started with cameras, it had one lens. This one's got four. Okay. The diff- capturing different lights and everything. But what this can do in low light conditions is quite extraordinary. I didn't think that it was possible that a phone can do this sort of thing. Um, overall, it's a great device and it's going to be a contender for, for phone of the year. And I think it's, uh, you know, it, we, you'd have to find a strong debate to say that this is not possibly the best camera phone in the world, right? Now. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's, wow. It's that good. That's high praise. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really that, that good. Um, I'm busy testing the latest flagship Nokia device, which mm. comes pretty close and I'll, conf- I'll I'll do the comparison next week and let you know how that comes out. Flagship and Nokia in one breath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm getting quite completely sophisticated, aren't I? So this is the, the new Huawei P30 Pro. Great device. Uh, a fantastic camera. And in fact, if you look at the zoom capabilities, if you take a photograph of something and you zoom into it, I, I couldn't believe it. I was taking a photograph of that fire extinguisher in your studio at the, at the entrance yeah. of your studio. Once you take that photograph, you zoom into the photograph, you can read what's on that fire extinguisher, the label. 
That's how good it is. And you can't see the studio, obviously, right now. It's quite dimly lit in that part of the studio. Yes. Not because I have a penchant for dark rooms, but uh, <laughs> it's just the way the lighting is set up yes, here in the yes, studio. Yes. So that is amazing. Yeah. That is no, no, amazing. It, because ordinarily, if you were to do that, then it would be blurry by the time you, you were to go You could not read close. what's on that fire Wow, that's amazing. So, so from that point of view, mm-hmm. it's quite cool. Okay, one thing that's very close to your heart is the ability to both have fun and also improve our welfare as a... Excellent, lesser known outside of the UK University of East Anglia that often does amazing re- research and all sorts of things. Well, this is incredible research. It was done with uh, East Anglia University, uh, University College of London and the Alzheimer's Research UK Institute and Deutsche Telekom. What they did, they designed a game called, it's an app called Sea uh, Hero Quest, which you can still download. And what this has done is it's a mobile phone game that can detect that who or who, which people are at risk of getting Alzheimer's. Now, Alzheimer's is, is a terrible, terrible disease. But mm. what they've done is they've got this game, they've designed this game, and people go through, it's almost like a maze, and what it does, every 0.5 seconds of gameplay translates what you're doing in, in the game to scientific data. And they basically studied who is genetically predisposed to getting Alzheimer's just from playing this game. And it's incredible research because if you think about it, they wouldn't have been able to do this uh, not so long ago. So they've now gathered all of this data. That's something like 4.3 million people playing this game. But listen to what they've done is that the, 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 every two minutes that people play the game, they, it was equal to getting five hours of lab-based, lab-based research for the researchers. Yeah. Um, and it equates globally from the three or so million players to more than 1,700 years worth of lab-based research. Wow. Now you think about research and you think about before the mobile phone era, people would never be able to get this, never be able to do this kind of research. That is incredible. So quite apart from the functional benefit, but related to it, yes, this is also an incredible improvement in methodology from a data harvesting exactly. point of view. Exactly. 1,700 years of research. That is insane. Yeah, it is insane, isn't it? Wow. Um, and, and, and aside from that is that you can now start to detect just from playing this game how your brain functions and how the neurons work out and, and see if you, uh, how risk are you of getting Alzheimer's at a later I also just love the sociology of this, eh? The way medicine has changed. Many, many years ago, you'd have, you know, a good pediatrician giving a little one a, Something to chew on a sweet or whatever to keep them happy. Yes. Now you can give Gogo a phone to play while trying to diagnose what's wrong with it. Yeah. And when she, and how, 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 how at risk she yeah, is. Yeah. You're going to have great fun while we're busy harvesting the data to see what's, yeah. what might be going on. Exactly. Speaking of which, I mean, the other, yeah, the other thing that's absolutely incredible, of course, is you and I would literally be nothing in terms of our careers if we didn't have communicative capacity. Yeah. And God forbid if something goes awry in a country like ours with high levels of accidents and what have you, you can have all sorts of injuries, spinal cord injuries that can do weird things to your brain. No, no, there's no doubt about it. And just talking about that, um, I met some, uh, not I met someone, I read a story, a fascinating story, a guy who was just having his normal day, had a scratchy throat, diagnosed his throat, and they discovered that he had throat cancer. So they had to remove his vocal cords, right? But what he did was, uh, leading up to that, he went into a studio, and there's a there's a piece of software that can actually uh, use your voice to communicate to other people, even though if you don't have a voice. So it's like a voice vault that you capture your voice, and then he had his vocal cords removed because of the cancer, but he still had the voice because he put all his his voice, his original voice, into a voice bank. 
so they could use that with the technology. But this is something That's different. That's amazing. Yeah. This is something different. This is a, if you look at the, they talk about this guy two years ago. He was 64 years old. He was paralyzed due to a spinal cord injury. And at the time, two years ago, he had set a, a, a record for the brain computer interface to type at a speed of eight words per minute. That was two years ago. Fast forward to 2019 and the new research and this new experiment that they've done, and this is in the Journal of Nature. The scientists at the University of California, San Francisco have presented this new technology powered by neural networks that will enable someone and an individual who's had a paralysis or a stroke, for example, communicate at a natural speed of speech, well, a speed of natural speech hmm. of 150 words per minute. Hmm. Think of that. Two years ago, we could do this at eight words per minute. 2019, 150 words per minute. And they, they basically have done this. They've translated the brain signals into the movements of the vocal tract, including the jaw, the larynx, and the lips. And they've added these electrodes placed on the brain, and they're able to uh, uh, translate what your brain is saying into speech. So you just think about somebody who couldn't talk in the past, had this paralysis, and now you've got this technology that they're working on. Now the brain can't um, the the brain can't translate everything, right? I sure. mean, uh, I mean, our brain's quite a sophisticated. Um, you, you can't translate what you're thinking, hmm. um, and and your um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your um, it it can translate what you're thinking. In other words, if you want to move your hand, and yeah, it, it will be able to do that. Signaling. You can say yeah. that. But, um, you know, there's certain things that they can't do with the brain. But mm. the point is that this experiment has been done and they're able to do this. And, you know, it's going to change the lives of people who in the past were not able to speak. They were confined to a wheelchair. But also, you know, we take for granted how, from a, the social point of view of being able to speak a certain number of words per minute. Yes. And what that does to your ability to literally blend into group dynamics. No doubt. Now, obviously, if you have a speech impediment or you've been paralyzed, you are just grateful to be able to communicate what's in your head. Yes. Quite literally. Yes. But to be able to communicate what's in your head and still reduce from a social and psychological point of view differences between yourself and everyone else in the room by being able to speak in a similar kind of tone or word pace Yes. number of words per minute, that makes a massive difference. Huge. Because can you imagine, even if you have this capacity, but you can only get eight words out per minute, what that does secretly to you psychologically? Yeah. No, the decoding the brain is amazing. And things like, uh, please, can you get me a cup of tea? If you can't say that and you're in a wheelchair, if you get your brain to think it and you get something to send the text out, you can start having conversations with people. Mm -hmm. Your your life changes dramatically. Mm -hmm. You're not you don't have that frustration. So that's where we're at at the moment, and uh, they're using really sophisticated stuff. But it's incredible to think that here we are in 2019, and we yet we know so little about the brain. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it again next week. Goodbye. Well, I'll I'll be bringing you some interesting insights from Las Vegas, which is where I am. I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. I'll be sending you my list yet. I still have to think what I want, what I want you to bring back. Cheers. Cheers.